I think it was just good to have that happen early, especially as a contractor before that next fire came up when I was full time. I already know how this works, already know what to do in the situation. So yeah, I think it's just good to make those mistakes early, get used to them, and you're more prepared for them when it does happen later on. Welcome to Getting Into InfoSec. I'm your host, Eamon Elswa. My guest this week is Norman Weeks. Norman is on the TVM operations team at Salesforce. He's in charge of scanning their infrastructure and ensuring that everything is set up and operating properly. In today's episode, Norman will share his incredible journey from being a contractor to being part of the Salesforce operations team. Basically, I just handle the scanning of our infrastructure and making sure that's all set up correctly, scans are running correctly, things like that. Uh, still a contractor. I was doing sysadmin for Jira, just me and one other guy. And yeah, I liked that better, but then didn't like it better. Jira, it could just break for no reason sometimes. I did like that I got used to fires coming up. I think that's important to get used to early and not panicking and just staying cool under pressure. See, so yeah, I did that for, that was about a full year doing that as a contractor. And after that, I went on another contract role at Salesforce. After going through different job contracts and trying multiple times for the OSCP, he firmly believes in not giving up on your goals. This episode will surely motivate and help others looking to obtain certifications and full-time careers in information security. Please share with us your greatest takeaways from this episode by tagging us on social at GetIntoInfoSec. All right, on to the show. Hey, Norman, welcome to the show. Hey, Eamon, glad to be here. All right, yeah. So for those out there that don't know you, can you tell us a little about what you do today in the information security world? Yeah, definitely. I am on the TVM operations team at Salesforce. So basically, I just handle the scanning of our infrastructure and making sure that's all set up correctly, scans are running correctly, things like that. Okay. And so what's like a typical date? And how long have you been in this role? Yeah, started in August. So that's about almost a year, almost a year now. Yeah. Wow. That flew by. <laughs> yeah. So this is your first official security job, like right? your first full-time security job, right? Yeah. I was a contractor for about two years. Can you walk us through? So walk us through the journey of all the different roles that you had and things you tried to do to get in and yeah i started in a really barely even call it 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 was more just a deployment role where we set up max for new employees at the company yeah i would just set up you know all the applications set up their account and then we just ship it out if it needed to be shipped out and my first the one thing i did about that is eventually i automated a bit of it which was my yeah that was my first time using what I learned on the job and seeing how much time that saved. It was real easy. I just made a quick bash script to install the applications from a flash drive and then check to make sure they were installed correctly. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty quick and easy. Okay. What prompted you to get that automation set up? I just got so tired of <laughs> doing the same <laughs> thing. I'm like, well, can't we just automate There's be this? a better way, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. That brought, that's awesome. 
So you were in IT and then how did you walk us through the progression after that? Yeah, after that, so let's see, I did that. Then I moved up to, did it go right to Jira Admin? Yeah, I went to uh, still a contractor. I was doing sysadmin for Jira, just me and one other guy. And yeah, I liked that better, but then didn't like it better. Jira, it can just break for no reason sometimes. I did like that I got used to fires coming up. I think that's important to get used to early and not panicking and just staying cool under pressure. See, I did that for, that was about a full year doing that as a contractor. Then after that, I went on another contract role at Salesforce. This time, what role that role was, well, I was only at enterprise security. So that was just, and really for that, I mean, even that one, it's, I barely call that security. I was really just an admin for one tool there. So I wasn't like really doing a bunch of things, but I was more just focusing on administering one tool. So you mentioned a little bit about working under pressure when you're in that Jira role. Is that something that has helped you today or helps you today? Yeah, I mean, I think it was just good to have that happen early, especially as a contractor before you're full, but you know, when that next fire came up, when I was full time, I'm like, I already know how this works, already know what to do in this situation. So yeah, I think it's just good to make those mistakes early, get used to them. And you're more prepared for them when it does happen later on. I see. And walk us through like the day-to-day that you do today. Like what, what are some things that you do? Yeah, today I would say, yeah, checking alerts to see like what needs, see if like a scan didn't complete or if, you know, a certain amount of hosts weren't scanned. We have an alerting thing I check, kind of run through those first. Then it'll just be like run the business stocks. Maybe this person wants new agents installed here, or they want, they're, you know, seeing some type of scan issue on their host, some type of performance issue. So I'll be like more of the run the business type of stuff I do. Then outside of that will be like any projects I have going, which has mostly just been automation lately, which I like. Yeah, I'm always trying to get better on my scripting skills. I've, I've been automating quite a bit so far. So using APIs of your tools, for example? Yeah, I didn't use an API until that first contract role at Salesforce. That was different. I'm like, well, okay, I've been coding, but now using an API was a big step up for me. Okay. Yeah. Walk us through that if you can. Yeah, let me think of my, what was my API project like? That one. But it probably involved learning JSON, REST API, like injection, right? I heavily used JQ. Oh, yeah. To parse through uh, JSON. <laughs> <laughs> it's tricky at first, but once you get used to it, you're like, this is one of my favorite tools. It is tricky. <laughs> and then when you have different JSON, like one company might use a different structure than another. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, I just go heavy on JQ and then keys to see which set of data I have to iterate to get to where I want to go to. Mostly that API, I was just installing, oh, moving a set of hosts to a group. And then that group, I would upgrade them. And that would be the host that we were testing to see if upgrading them to this new version caused any issues. So basically, I made sure to only select a certain amount of hosts, move them to this group. Okay. And then do you find yourself like not happy with the built-in dashboards? And are you building your own data dashboards, for example? Oh, uh, no. You mean just like in terms of seeing outlay of all the hosts that we have and all that? Or... Yeah, like sometimes I've seen people create their own data dashboards basically so that uh, using apis i don't know if that's something you're, you've done whoa no i didn't never thought <laughs> about that that's <laughs> that'd be interesting yeah sometimes when you have a whole bunch of different tools 
you have dashboards in these different tools, but then what if you can just build one master dashboard with a little bit of data from each tool, right? Oh, okay. I see that maybe a little bit down the road. But yeah, for now, I've mostly just been like, okay, one tool, set a host, do that. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm pulling data from multiple tools yet. Okay. So walk us through your journey. So like early on, I know you were a merit college student. So walk us through your tech journey in general, not necessarily security, but maybe your tech journey. Did you, were you always into computers or did you use computers when you were younger, for example? Yeah, I grew up in the 90s playing, I don't know if you've heard of them. It's Humongous Entertainment. It's these kids' Windows games that were extremely difficult. I downloaded one recently to see how hard it is. And I'm like, I don't know where to go or what to do. But basically, yeah, each game, one of them in particular was called Pajama Sam. And what I like about the game and how I see that logic thinking and how that plays in doing pen testing or CTF is you were always just games back then were pretty simple. You could basically point and click. So you just had to find certain tools, certain just random items throughout the world, and then combine them with something else later to like get past the door or something. That was most of my, I mean, I, I was a big gamer growing up. We had basic cable. There wasn't much on TV. So I was always just on the computer. So yeah. Nice. Uh, what was the earliest age you had a computer, access to a computer? Yeah, I was young. when I, I think five. I was sort of playing at like five. Really? Okay, awesome. And then, so that use of the computer went throughout high school and then in college, what did you do? Yeah, college, I ventured off from the computers around high school, got into sports, started focusing more on just running, playing basketball. So yeah, didn't really do too much computer stuff from high school up until actually after college. Went to college, did psychology, was getting ready to go to grad school for that, but I had all my letters of rec all ready to go, everything. But yeah, last minute, I'm like, no, I don't, <laughs> I actually don't want to I just don't see myself listening up someone's problems every day and being happy. I don't think I was there yet. So I changed my mind at the last possible minute and got super lucky. And my dad pointed me to a tech program in Oakland called Gameheads. And yeah, that's really when I started getting back and into tech, not necessarily, well, computers in a way, but I started in the game development program. Yeah, they have two tracks, one for people who want to learn how to develop games. And then the other track is DevOps. So yeah, tried the gaming one for a bit, but eventually the mentor just told me straight up, like, I don't think you're creative enough <laughs> to do this. Because the thing was, I didn't even get past, the part I struggled on was coming up with the idea for a game. I could not think of a good idea. I don't like, everything's been done. That was actually a blessing in disguise. Because he's like, I was today, I don't think this is for me either. I want to drop out. But he's like, hey, check out the DevOps program. And so I went to that. And then, yeah, I like that a lot more. This was more of the logical thinking. What's the best way to get this done? So yeah, I started doing contract work, just setting up, just like setting up networks or just random contracts. I did that for a little minute. Then eventually that led to security. That's how I heard about the merit program for that course. And yeah, went to merit, did that for... What got you interested in security? So what was it that... How did you learn about it? Or is it, was it that you were interested in security, then you learned about the merit program? Or you just saw it and was like, hey, this looks like a really good opportunity? Or how did that go? Right. Yeah. It was a CTF that we did in that class. Yeah. He set up this really cool like team CTF where it was one group of students versus the other group. 
And yeah, basically it was just try to get the flags before the other team. And he had like random questions like, hey, what's the command to do this? And whoever got it first will get a point. And that really just lined up with kind of me liking to compete through sports. I love being able to get in a team with people and work towards something. I like that. So CTF just opened up a whole new world there. And then Mr. Robot really solidified that. That was out around that time. I saw that show. I'm like, yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> this is what I want to do. That's awesome. I've heard that more than once. Yeah, at first I was a little ashamed saying that. I'm like, ah, is that really a legit thing to get inspired from? But now I hear it as well. No, I mean, it's either Mr. Robot or before it was Hackers the Movie or read a book or heard about something. No, it's definitely nothing to be ashamed of because I think this journey is about discovery, right? Life's a lot about discovery and you discover something through any mean, any medium. So you discovered uh, CTFs and got that itch there and then learned about the Merit College. And so that was a cybersecurity program? Yeah, from there, yeah, that was great because they also had the NCL going. And that's just a... And what CTF. is that for those that don't know? Yeah, that's the National Cyber League. So it's just a CTF competition for colleges just all across the country. And yeah, that has ranking and all that. So I did that and that was just loads of fun. Yeah, I forgot what we placed, but we placed pretty well our first year. And I think they're still consistently placing like in the top three. So that's good to see. Do you still do CTFs now? I do Hack the Box, which I guess you could call that CTF, but... It's different. I think CTS are a little more out there and a little, even a little more or less, a little less real world than even Hack the Box, I think. So I don't, yeah, I feel like a lot of them will have some type of, or the ones I've seen, they'll have some like inside hacker joke knowledge of like what quote is this or like something like that. Maybe I'm just not looking at the right CTS, but I have not been, or at least lately, I haven't liked CTS as much. Well, are there any CTFs that you would recommend for folks out there? Yeah, I guess if you can't hack the box, it's like a CTF. Then definitely, definitely check out Hack the Box. And my advice would be on that is to know when to quit and come back. Don't burn yourself out on it. Don't beat yourself up too much and say, hey, I have to get to this rank by this time or I failed because this is my third attempt at going for pro hacker rank. And I'm almost there. So I think you just really know need to know when to take a break from it and come back. Yeah, that's uh, definitely good advice. And then I think you, do you mind if I ask you about your OCP journey? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then when did you do the boot camp? Was it during Merit College? Yes, I remember talking about that with the Merit College students, I believe. Okay. Which order of operations? Oh, from like boot camp, OSCP. Well, it was boot camp and then the OSCP. It was Merit boot camp. Oh, it was, was it after Merit? It was near the ending of it. So I've heard really good things about the Merit program. I've met some of the stakeholders there. And so it's really cool. And I think we had Christine on the show before which as well. So how long is the merit program? It's two years, depending on if you get the classes you need within that time. Is it full time? Do you have to completely dedicate? No, that's the cool thing about it. It's, it was only once a week for like six hours. So it's a long Friday once a week. Oh, really? Once a week? Once a week. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's very work life. Program. Oh, yeah. You could definitely work and do that program. And is there a reason why it's so popular in, in this area, in the Bay Area? Man, that's a good question. Because I've heard, I know, I think cities and City College, San Francisco also has a program. But yeah, that's not talked about as much as merit. I haven't been to the city programs. So I don't know how big they are or anything like that. But 
merit being popular i would say probably the numbers there's just so each class is packed because it's one class which i think is actually good because in insecurity there's so many different ways you can go so you're bound to find someone that's also interested in the route that you want to go which is what happened to me i found other people that were like i want a pen test i want to you know get a certain that direction we would you know work together through the ctfs yeah i would say the size i, th- I would I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't know how big the other schools are, but they were, the classes there are pretty big, which I liked. Yeah, City College, and they have Sam Bowman and Elizabeth. They're really good powerhouse. So City College definitely has a really good program too, mainly because of the teachers there. And they have a good, like, I've talked to the advisor, they have a good program working with employers and stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to know, what is it that other schools in the nation or around the world can take away from Merit and from some of these others? What is some advice that you would give for the ideal security program, education program? Yeah, I like to think that they all have this similar structure of the teachers work in the industry, which is always great. What else is there that they need to know? It's hard to say. I mean, yeah, from Merit, we got, and I don't know what other schools are necessarily lacking. I just, at Merit, I just really like that each teacher was doing something different in security. So you could always go to someone different if you wanted like a specific question. Like I know at the ending of my merit experience, one of the teachers was a pretty sure a pen tester and he was like offering a pen testing class, but yeah, they didn't have that when I was there. So I would say mostly just have a wide range of professionals at your program. Okay. And you were working as what at the time? I or were you working as? I was just doing retail. I was, let me think. Yeah, no, just working at SportsBase. Cool. So. What were some of the next steps after that, after Merit? I went to, yeah, I was doing contract work in IT from there. Yeah, that's when I started uh, working after that. Got into IT, doing the contract role thing. And I think we met at uh, boot camp, I think. we So we had a boot camp. Christina, I think episode three. She was also part of that boot camp. That was like, do you remember that boot camp? Oh, yeah. That was a great time. I missed that boot camp. <laughs> yeah. I hope I wasn't too hard on you guys. No, not at all. You, you know, as long as you were motivated, I think the workload wasn't too demanding. I do remember going, because I had quite a commute there, coming from the East Bay to San Jose. But I was lucky in the Amtrak, how I always had Wi-Fi. And I remember I would just work a little bit on the, what was it, learn Python the hard way. I would just be hammering that out to and from on my commute. And I like, I almost prefer this hour or so commute over the shorter one because there's Wi-Fi and I'm just getting work done. I always get a seat. Yeah, you're definitely an attentive student. You asked some good questions. So I think for me, going into teaching, I learned that there is something as being a good student, like asking the right questions and following up on the homework. I think I signed you guys the Sands Daily podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I still use it. That's where I, I almost forgot where I got that from. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I check this site all the time, but who told me to do this? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> and I'd quiz you guys. And <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Was there anything in the bootcamp that helped you? Any knowledge in the bootcamp that you learned that t- you took away that you used in your security world? Definitely the Python portion, right? Definitely have saved a lot of time scripting things out and wouldn't be where I'm at today if I wasn't able to automate at some point. So definitely that. What I do remember from the bootcamp was Splunk. And looking through logs on that, which yeah, I haven't yet used Splunk, so I haven't 
gotten to leverage that yet. Well, the news thing, drilling that at me, definitely, <laughs> I feel like it's just, it's not like a straight, I listened to the news and then brought this to work, but it's more just like the side talks you have with your employees. Like, hey, did you hear this? And you don't want to look like you just don't, like, oh, no, I didn't. I never watched the news. You kind of occasionally want to say, yeah, I did hear about that. And then be able to talk about it with your coworkers. That's right. That's a really big thing in the security industry, actually. I don't think we talk about it too much, but have you noticed that that's a thing, like being on top of the latest security news? If someone does do that, usually someone would have, if it's big, they would have talked about it in Slack or would have made, or, you know, you just check the SANS podcast. I think it's definitely important to keep up just so you know what's going on. It's funny, Python, learn Python the hard way. The website no longer the same as it is, so it's no longer free. What? Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, 2020 just keeps getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they not make that free? It was a great... Yeah, I don't know. I can't find it anymore. So if you find another resource that's like it, and maybe walk us through what Python, Learn Python the Hard Way was for you. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I know. Really, for me, I really just used it to... Because I already had a little bit of program experience. So in Python, it's pretty easy to pick up. From the Gamerheads thing? From that and from another boot camp. I had oh, okay. Out. You took another boot camp. Yeah. I wanted to be a software engineer at first. Oh, tell us about that. Yeah, that was early. Yeah, that's why I forgot about that. I was like 20. That was before Merit. That was before all that. I went to General Assembly, tried that out. They would learn after two weeks. They said, you now have mastered JavaScript. I'm like, no, but eventually it was too fast paced for me. It was really drinking from the hose. And yeah, at that time, it was my first real exposure to coding or anything like that. Yeah, it didn't work out for me, but it definitely helped in the long run, just in terms of knowing how much work it takes to make it. So it seems like all these little experiences culminated all together. Yeah, it's a very off the rails track, but I definitely benefited in a different way from everything I tried out. And was that software bootcamp after you decided not to go to grad school? Yep. Okay. Cool. And then I think you attempted the OSCP a couple of times when I saw you at DEF CON. Oh, DEF CON. Sorry. Yeah. So I think you've attempted OSCP a couple of times, if I understand correctly. When I saw you at DEF CON, you were talking about it. So walk us through that journey, if you can. Yeah. OSCP has been the most... It's a lot like running a lot, because I'm a runner too, right? So the OSCP, because it's a 24-hour test, you have to hack four out of the five machines to get it. And each time I've taken it, I've gotten one more machine than the last time. I've taken it three times and it's shit. I'm really over-preparing this time. I want to do pro hacker on Hack the Box, even possibly considering taking this mentorship class they offer. That's a 13-week course. And they basically just check in with you once a week and ask them any questions. It's daunting. And each time I fail it, I feel... The first time I was just happy I even got one. Second time, I was a little like, eh, kind of wanted to pass. And third time, I just could not pervesk on Windows to save my life. I mean, I got four of the five machines I got were Windows boxes. And I found out the hard way that my Windows skills aren't, weren't up to par back then. Was that because the labs had all Linux or was it? No, they had some Windows, but I just didn't. I didn't get, I should have just gotten more in the labs. I got about half of the machines, got all the hard ones. So I'm like, I'm probably prepared enough to fudge my way through it. I definitely should have just practiced more. Just in the Windows command line, even, those commands are just insane compared to Linux, I think, in terms of just how intuitive they seem. Is it PowerShell or straight? I was just in straight CMD. Back then, I didn't even know how to send a PowerShell shell with Netcat. So 
I was just doing CMD. Okay. So looking back, you would say you just didn't prepare enough. Is that right? Yeah. And it's got really unlucky. I feel like if I had half Linux boxes, I would have been okay, but I only had one. Yeah. It's just luck of the draw. They switch them out every time. I see. How are you feeling now with OSCP? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I'm about 79% to pro hacker right now. There's been, you've earned ranking by hacking machines on hack the box. They have 20 active boxes that they rotate. They rotate one every week. So to get to pro hacker, you need to hack 45% of the active boxes and the challenges. So I'm at 37% for overall completion of hack the box right now. Okay. 37, but then the other one was 70 something. What, what yeah, was that? So that just keeps track of like how close you are to leveling up. Oh, I see. I see. Gotcha. Just trying to break it down for those that, that are not familiar with the program. Yeah, it's good. So it seems like it's more of a marathon than a sprint, would you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're sprinting through this, then you have a gift and should <laughs> be happy. <laughs> okay. And so after you get the OSCP, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a tough one. I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, huh, because I want to sign up for the labs again, end of this month, do about two months of that. That'll take me to about October. Then after that, well, definitely vacation. <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah, definitely vacation. Don't know where, don't know where we'll be open, but hopefully something. After that, it's hard. I either want to get my coding skills a lot better in terms of terms of like a long-term planning for the AWE, Advanced Web Application Certificate offered by Offsec as well. But that one, you really got to know what you're doing. So that's long-term. But yeah, probably just get better at a language. Probably just get better at Python or possibly even JavaScript. Do you do any bug bounties? No, not yet. That's a long-term one too. I don't want to start that yet. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. What's stopping you? No, I mean, just jump into it. There's nothing to prevent you from looking at the bounties that are out there and trying. Yeah, I could. I just don't know what that's going to lead to at the moment. I'm kind of more about timing right now. Because if I start it, and if I get one or if I don't, I get experience, of course. That's the main benefit, right? But besides that, well, I guess it would look pretty good on a resume, too. That is a strong resume build, too. But I don't know. Something about bug bounties just doesn't feel right right now. Maybe I am ready for it. I think you're ready for it. I mean, it would be a good change of pace from doing OCP stuff as you prepare. But I definitely would say, like, focus on the OCP. Get that done. Hey, why not? Like, install Burp and... As you're browsing and you see something weird on some janky website, take a look. Even writing to them in security, just even reporting something, or even just going through bug bounty reports. I think that's probably just the easiest thing to do. You don't even have to do anything. You just read the read the bug bounty reports and how people did things. Yeah, and I've done that. I've seen there's definitely some easy wins out there in terms of bug bounties. But yeah, something I don't know what it is about bug bounty. This isn't. I feel like I just really need to build my skills. But I, that is a way to build your skills, right? But I don't know. Maybe because there's no cert behind it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe oh, I, just, I see. Yeah, may, I think right now I'm really just more focused on getting certs and building skills to make sure this is something I want to do. I see. Yeah, my advice would just be, depends. You know, is this, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, what work do you, do you want to be doing? Maybe five years is too long. Maybe three years. Three I mean, definitely on a red team somewhere. I love researching something and then immediately be able to use it. I love 
being able to change pace and not just doing the same thing over and over. So I would love to be in a role where, yeah, they just have a lot of different. Yeah. I mean, if you, I guess I'm switching to advice mode right now. <laughs> but yeah, the getting into a, or being in a consulting position or being a pen tester at a consulting company definitely is, you're always in a new environment all the time. But a lot of the stuff out there, from what I've seen, is web app. So a lot of the work that's out there is all web app. But there is some network pen test testing out there. Well, that lines up with cert I want to get long term after the OSCP. That one's just, just web app hacking. You got to look at source code, getting into debugger, things like that. So, But that's a really hard cert from what I hear. So like I said, I really want to master a language before I go that route. Gotcha. That's good. You said you play with Python. Have you played with Go at all too? Go, no. The only Go-related thing I've used is GoBuster, which is a great tool. But yeah, I've not looked. Uh, GoBuster, it's just a directory brute forcing tool. And you basically just run it against the URL and it'll run through a word list and it'll just find directories. Yeah, it's a good alternative. to. So when I first started, I was using something called Derb, which I forgot what language it's written in but it's significantly slower than GoBuster. And I've said, I've heard that's because it's written in Go and that's just a faster language. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. So what is some advice out there that you'd recommend for folks out there that are trying to get into the industry? Uh, don't, well, quit, but then don't permanently quit. <laughs> like it's okay to go after something you're unsure of if you can get, which is what I did with the OACP. That was my first, or well, my second certification I attempted. I didn't really have that much experience at the time, but I knew going that in that even if I failed, I would learn so many skills, which I did. So I'd say really just go set the bar high and don't be afraid to fail. Okay. Are you referring to just certs or jobs? When you were applying for jobs, I guess you were applying for a lot of jobs. Actually, let me step back. So like, how was your job application experience? It was rough. I applied to quite a few most of them, you know, I, that felt like the interview went well. They said the interview went well, but I wouldn't hear back. And it really wasn't until I got referred to jobs that I really started getting anything out of it. So I say def as hard as it is in these times, network as much as you can, talk to people. It's real easy to get in that zone, that shell of just work, work, work. But networking is just as important. Okay. And you were referred by who? One of the like people that, you met at these networking at the, one at the contracting job I had before Salesforce, actually, I met him there. We were just talking about the OSCP and he was thinking about taking it too. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm taking it now. He's like, wait, what? You like just started in the industry. You're going right for the OSCP. I'm like, yeah, it seems fun. Why not? <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, from there, you know, we just walked, had lunch one day and yeah, eventually he said, Hey, there's an open position here. If you want to apply, I'm like, yeah. And so what kind of positions were you applying to? Anything they had, really. I don't know if they're... I wasn't like, okay, I want to do this. I'm more like, I just need to get in the field. What were the positions? They were just blanket security engineer positions and then just like a different job description. I can't recall any specific position I applied for back then. And would any companies tell you why they didn't go with you? Once that they were looking for someone with more experience which I'm like, eh, all right. <laughs> but um, besides that, let me think. Yeah, no, not really. They just said, yeah, we can't hire you at the time. It's pretty, 
general reasons. General reasons, and you just were left to kind of guess to figure it out. I think you just, I mean, you don't need a referral, but if you don't, I feel like you definitely need either decent job experience or some type of certification that holds a good amount of weight. Oh, I see. Yeah. And yeah, is there anything else you wanted to cover? Let me think. Nothing is jumping out at me. Let's see. Box, OSCP, next plans, told people to network. Yeah, no, I think that about does it for me. Okay. Well, Norman, this has been informative. Uh, I think a lot of people can definitely relate to your journey and some of the struggles and some of the things that you've been trying to accomplish, kind of a, just a jig jag throughout the career. Any parting advice for folks out there? I say, I feel like now's the perfect time to really get after it, right? I mean, pretty much everything's shut down. There's really no reason not to just get in a good routine and go after whatever cert or whatever job you want. So I say you make the best of the situation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and uh, look forward to meeting again in person at some point. <laughs> yeah, one of these days. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Norman. Cool. Thanks.